today's scripture reading comes from Galatians 5, 22 through 25. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. My name is Jordan, and I am the director of children's ministries here at Bethany North. This is our final sermon in our Fruit of the Spirit series that we've been doing this summer. Uh, And as we dive in, I want to begin in prayer. So please pray with me. God, thank you so much for the ways that you are with us. And Holy Spirit, for the ways that you grow your fruit in us, that it is not something we need to do alone, that it is something that is the work you are doing in our lives, God. So please help open our eyes, Spirit, to see where you're at work and where you're calling us to. So in your precious name we pray. Amen. So when I was in college, I took a class called Dystopian Fiction and Theology. It was technically an independent study, but there were three of us who did it together with our professor. And in this class, we explored the uh, evolution of dystopian fiction from where it originated as part of horror before it kind of became its own genre. We got to read books like Frankenstein and War of the Worlds and 1984 and Parable of the Sower. And for our final paper, we had, to read, we had to use one of the books we read in class, one additional dystopian fiction book, and anything from scripture. And we were allowed to write about whatever we wanted to for that paper. I ended up writing about the experience of wilderness. And I used the book 1984 and the book The Giver and the story of Israel's 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Because here's the thing about wilderness experiences, we're all going to have them. And what I explored in that paper was the role of remembering as part of our wilderness experience. That's what makes the book 1984 such a tragedy. And spoiler alert, if you haven't read that book yet, but at the end, the main character is tortured into losing his memory and thus identity. And he ends up loving the very government he spent most of the book fighting against. And remembering is what Israel was constantly called to in the wilderness, to remember how God had brought them out of Egypt, to remember all the things that God had done for them and all the ways God provided for them and took care of them while in the wilderness. Because even in the wilderness, God took care of them. Even in the wilderness, God's people were never alone. And that's what I want to remind us of this morning. Because at the end of the day, this entire sermon series about the fruit of the Spirit is actually a sermon series about God and who God is. Because the fruit of the Spirit is cultivated us in us by the Spirit because it comes from the Spirit. We can't have the fruit of the Spirit without the Spirit as part of it. And so that means that God is love, God is joy, God is peace, God is patience and kindness and goodness. 
God is faithfulness, God is gentleness, and God is self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is about the character of God, regardless of if we're in seasons of abundance or seasons of wilderness. And in fact, even Jesus had seasons of wilderness, both physically and metaphorically. And we're going to talk about a couple of them here this morning. In Matthew 4, Jesus spends 40 days in the wilderness preparing for ministry, echoing those 40 years that Israel spent in their own wilderness. And something we often miss when we talk about Jesus's temptation in Matthew 4 is that that very first verse tells us that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The Spirit brought Jesus into the wilderness. The Spirit was with Jesus for those 40 days and nights. And the Spirit was with Jesus during his temptation. Jesus was never alone in the wilderness. And so when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he turned to scripture to help him get through that temptation. And not just any scripture, all three verses Jesus quotes are from the book of Deuteronomy, which is part of the Torah and often considered law, especially when the New Testament talks about lies, talking about the Torah which actually brings us back to the fruit of the Spirit. Because oddly enough, after Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit there in Galatians 5, he then says, against such things there is no law. What does that mean? Especially when we look at the way that Jesus used the law to help remind himself of God and who God is and to help him get through his temptation. So what does it mean that the fruit of the Spirit has no laws against it. Well, so the word against in Greek is the word kata, which is often better translated as concerning or according to. Here in Galatians, what Paul is saying about the fruit of the Spirit is that there are no laws about the fruit of the Spirit. That in other words, we can't legislate character virtues in people. That laws don't change people's behavior. And that we grow the spirit, the Spirit's fruit in our lives, not by the rules we follow, but by following Jesus. That the fruit of the Spirit isn't about rules, but it's about the people we are becoming. So what does the fruit of the Spirit matter then when we're in our own seasons of wilderness? of wandering and darkness and feeling far from God. The fruit of the Spirit matters because it forces us to ask the question of who do we want to be when we're in the wilderness? What kind of person do you want to be when you're in those spaces? In fact, it's the very question my spiritual director asked me at our most recent session. And it's an important question for each of us to consider here today. What kind of people do we want to be? So for those of you who don't know, I'm about five weeks into an ankle injury. And because it's my right ankle, I'm not only currently on crutches, but I can't drive. This injury has been an incredibly frustrating experience. And not just because of the injury itself, but the way it's become a pattern over the past few years for me. I even told my spiritual director that between various injuries I've had and the pandemic, it feels like my body hasn't been able to physically catch a break for about three years now. 
And so my reaction to this most recent injury was to immediately spiral into frustration and anger and deeper into my own wilderness. That it felt like this ankle injury had undone so many years of growth that I have worked so hard for. And at that, my spiritual director reminded me that just because I'm in a season of wilderness doesn't mean that the wilderness gets to take away the growth I've had or the tools I've learned how to use or the person I've become. That the wilderness doesn't get to take away from us who we are and who God says we are. And that's when my spiritual director asked me that question. When you're in seasons of wilderness, what kind of person do you want to be? So another wilderness that Jesus traveled, and the other one we'll talk about today, wasn't so much a physical one as more of a spiritual one. Um, And it was in his final week in Jerusalem leading up to his death. And I wonder if that's part of why Paul talks about Jesus's crucifixion here in Galatians 5. Because what Paul writes is that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That against such things, there is no law. That those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Jesus's final trip to Jerusalem is one that he took knowing that he was walking closer and closer and closer to his own death. And this is where we find another wilderness that Jesus struggles through in the Garden of Gethsemane. There in the garden, Jesus prayed for the burden and suffering of what he was about to experience to be taken from him. He struggled between his own desire of escape and safety and his desire to submit to God's will. And we see that struggle happen in the same breath. Because there in Matthew 26, verse 39, Jesus prays, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus turned to prayer in the wilderness because he knew that there was no inner turmoil that he could go through that would actually separate him from God. At Gethsemane, Jesus struggled with his own humanity. And that is the beauty of the incarnation, that Jesus experienced the full measure of what it means to be human, including those seasons of wilderness when we feel so far from God. Jesus went before us in the wilderness and promised the Holy Spirit to us so that we can know we are never alone, no matter what it feels like, that God will never abandon us. And it reminds me of this quote that I found in this book, A Rhythm of Prayer. It's edited by Sarah Bessie. It is a collection of prayers written by women in various ministry contexts with various life experiences. And kind of the heart behind this collection of prayers was for people who are wandering the wilderness to find community and rest together. And here in this book, at one point, uh, there's a quote by Madeline Lingle that I want to share with you now. She writes, I will have nothing to do with a God who cares only occasionally. I need a God who is with us always, everywhere, in the deepest depths as well as the highest heights. It is when things go wrong, when the good things do not happen, when our prayers seem to have been lost, that God is most present. 
We do not need the sheltering wings when things go smoothly. We are closest to God in the darkness, stumbling along blindly. When we're out in the wilderness is when it feels most risky to continue to follow God because we can't see where we're going. And oftentimes it feels like God has left us alone. But like Madeline Lingle said, we don't need God's sheltering wings in times of abundance. We need it in times of wilderness because especially in the wilderness, God is love, God is joy, God is peace and patience, God is kindness and goodness and faithfulness. God is gentleness and God is self-control. When we're in our seasons of wilderness, the Holy Spirit will continue to guide us, even as we have to adjust our expectations for what it looks like to find God with us there. And when we're in our seasons of abundance, we need to remember what it was like to be in the wilderness and what it was like for us to find God there. Because the wilderness isn't going to find us an oasis or an overabundance to prove that God is with us. Like Elijah in his wilderness, he didn't find God in the storm or the earthquake or the fire. He found God in the whisper. And that whisper is where we're going to find God in our own wilderness too. So I want to come back to that question my spiritual director asked me for each of us to consider. When you're in these wilderness spaces, what kind of person do you want to be? When my director first asked me that question, we sat in silence for a minute as I just let the question wash over me. And the first answer that came to my mind was the word kind. When I shared that, my spiritual director smiled and uh, laughed and said that for someone who feels so unqualified to preach about the fruit of the Spirit right now, that it's telling that the type of person I want to be, even in these hard spaces, is one of the fruits of the Spirit, kindness. My spiritual director then encouraged me that, to look for kindness every day this next month, that it's okay to have seasons where we're not trying to find God in absolutely everything, but instead we're trying to find God again and again and again in one thing, in that small whisper listening for the ways that God is going to meet us there. So there's a reason that the fruit of the Spirit is found in Paul's letter that's all about freedom. The fruit of the Spirit isn't more laws for us to follow. It's not a measuring stick to see if we're good enough Christians. Even the list of the fruit of the Spirit is a gift of freedom to us because the word fruit in Greek isn't plural. It's singular. The fruit of the Spirit is a single fruit not a bowl of fruits. Think of them more like an orange that has the different segments that all come together to make an orange. The fruit of the Spirit is like that orange. They're all connected. We don't pick and choose which fruit of the Spirit is cultivated in us. And we don't have to shame ourselves when we don't measure up to all nine fruit of the Spirit in a single day. So even when we're in seasons of wilderness and only have the capacity to look for and find one of the fruits, that the Holy Spirit is still meeting us there and still working in us. Because the freedom of the fruit of the Spirit is that the Spirit does not abandon us in the wilderness and in the darkness. So even when you can't see, keep running after Jesus and the Spirit will bear much fruit in you.
Paul ends our scripture today by saying, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit is about our character. It's about helping us become more Christ-like. It's about who God has created us to be. And that means that the fruit of the Spirit is about our transformation. Let me say that again. The fruit of the Spirit is about our transformation. The Holy Spirit's heart for each of us is that we become people of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. So friends, I want to end this morning by asking you the same question my spiritual director asked me. Wherever you are right now, whether it's a season of abundance or a season of wilderness or somewhere in between, what kind of person do you want to be? Let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for the ways that you work in our lives, that you are always with us, um, that it is your job to cultivate and bear, and bear your fruit in us, not our job to try to do it ourselves. Thank you, God, that you are with us always, that you don't abandon us, regardless of if we're in seasons of wilderness or abundance, that we know that your presence is with us and that nothing will separate us from you. Thank you so much for the way that you love us. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.